prostate sounds like? Oh yes, sweetheart. Hold on. Place of hell is the basically the place of cleaning of your soul. Uh, you're, it's like when you die, your your soul gets put in the washing machine, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean. Watchman Radio. Watchman Radio. Representing East Coast Watchmen Radio. 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 All right, watching right here, represent East Coast Live Radio, and I'm literally out of uh, Florida, or Florida, and I believe we got Wolfenstein. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Rich. Thanks for having me up. Hey, Wolfenstein, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, let's see if we got Brother Allen on. How yes. are the Gators in Florida doing? Brother Allen? Richard, how are you? All right, my name is Richard. Uh, that's Brother Allen, and that's Wolfenstein. He has no name. He's just a Wolfenstein. Um, Brother Allen, what is today's date? Is it uh, October 8th, 9th? I think it's October 9th. Yeah, October 9th, 2023. Okay, it's October 9th, 2023, and it's important that we state that. Because we're going to be covering on some topics here tonight um, about the signs of the times. And we're getting close. Close to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of you want to word curse yourself to be here for the bowls of wrath. you probably will succeed at it. Because when you declare a thing, you know, a a preacher years ago, his name was Bosworth. uh, Powerful man of God. Uh, He wrote a book called Christ the Healer. And uh, in that book, he says, you'll never rise above your confession. When you think about that, you can limit God with your pie hole. And I see people do it every day. It's, it's very dangerous. You should always, it might not be the cure-all for everything, i.e. where you're believing God for healing and you, you just want to declare it, uh, that you're, you're not sick. I get it. That's the beginning. But also start using the word as a weapon to penetrate the situation. You got to put faith into action. Um, so your direction now, if you were going to go, I'm, I am sick, and start confessing that, or I see people say, I will be here for the bowls of wrath. I will remain and have my head chopped off. That's what they say. And I'm like, okay, well, you have your confession, you've risen to that point. God can work with you. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get what you declare and what you decree. You got to be real careful that you're being snared with the words of thy mouth. 
there's so many warnings in Scripture about this. Being snared with the words of your mouth, your pie hole. It just doesn't make sense post-trip. Everybody says after the tribulation of those days. Yeah, those days. How about mid-trip? Get it? It makes more sense that you could be eating, drinking, marrying, planting, and building. The two analogies Christ gave, the days of Noah and the days of Lot. They didn't know Jack until the door was shut. So it was sudden. And get it, it says they were eating, drinking, marrying, planting, and building. Gee, kind of business as usual. The days of Lot, same thing, Jesus' analogy. It's going to be like that. Like what, Jesus? They will be eating, drinking, marrying, planting, and building. How are you going to be eating, drinking, marrying, planting, and building in the bowls of wrath? Have you ever read about the bowls of wrath? You're not appointed to wrath. Now, you're going to be scurrying around for survival. This is going to be no eating, drinking, marrying, and planting. It's going to be no fish left. It's going to be darkness, people gnawing their tons off, sores, scorching. I mean, okay, yeah, we'll be eating, drinking, marrying, planting, and building during that time. Duh, no, you won't. Get it through your head, man. But if you want to keep declaring and decreeing that, that you will, I believe God will give you what you want. Why am I talking so high? Why am I talking so high, Alan? Sometimes you just get so excited about what you're saying that your voice goes up several octaves. That's my theory. Really? You think you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. What's what's that, Ben? Still get ready, boy. What's that? Let let me have it. You, you aren't. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Thanks. I delivered that that complete finishing him move right there. Like like in Mortal Kombat. Right yeah, there. That's the finishing move. You aren't. You know. Thanks. Praise the Lord. All right. So. Getting back to that, these post-tribbers running around that want to be here for the bulls of wrath. You better get on the mid-trib wagon and, and renounce your declarations over yourself. Because it was three and a half years into the famine when Elijah prayed. And it was supposed to be a seven-year famine. He prayed fervently for the famine. And then after Mount Carmel had a different plan to pray for the release of the water. Exactly 3.5 years in. And you see the 1260 days in Revelation. But a man's hand appeared in the clouds. That's what it says. You don't see the prophetic type and foreshadow there. If you can't see it, I don't know what to say to you. That there is help coming midway. You're not appointed to wrath. If you want to be, keep declaring it. Say, I am appointed to the bowls of wrath. Say it. We'll pray that you get it, what you want. 
I talked about the snaring of the words of your mouth. Right, Alan, with that ship, the guys that were floating around the shark-infested waters on the History Channel. I'm going to get it. I forgot the ship. You know what? I could probably pull it up right now. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I'm running XSplit right now, so I have the screen. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. They, they were all floating. Well, what? There, there is a scripture that kind of confirms that. It's, it says, pray that you might be found worthy to escape. What, what does it say? To escape the tribulation of those days or something along those the lines? The things coming on the earth. Why is Alling in the, in the FCC room? Uh, I don't know why The reason I'm there. there is to keep it locked uh, so no one else can go in there. Oh, you're a meanie weenie. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. You know what? I like being on Rumble. I say what I want on here. I don't care, bruh. All you people... That go, I can't believe I watch these videos on YouTube and they're doing these hand signs and codes, uh, and they they can't say killed anymore. So they when they say killed, they replace that to um, passing away. And I'm I'm watching this guy explain all this stuff, and then rape they can't say that they say R A P E. Or they say the R word. It's like you can't say any of these words. Um, you can't say killed. You got to say passed away. Like if they say and he killed them, they say and he passed them away. And I'm like, it doesn't even sound right anymore. I mean, what the hell's going on? So all these people are captive on YouTube. You're captive on there. Okay? If you want to sit there and be um, captive to the totalitarian system, I don't know what to say to you. Um, Because they are totally bitch-smacking you all over there. Oh, yeah, and I could say that because I don't care because I've already been deleted over there. And it's the best thing that happened to our lives. Well, not really getting right what the Lord was, but getting away from the totalitarian control, the cuck cages going on, everybody over there, where you got to spell things out and do hand signs. That's not freedom, man. And then you sit on there because you're getting pimped out because you're getting money from uh, uh, AdSense. You know what? AdSense makes no sense because you are you are a you're being paid to be the biatch, okay? And you want that? You think that's good? I don't think so, man. We don't care if we get money on on here, even though I got ads on here and I don't know how to get rid of them. They come up every now and then on Rumble, but we don't care. We don't we don't want money from that. I shut ads off years ago on YouTube because I thought, hey, it's better not have the ads. They probably persecute me more. But then someone said, no, if you had ads, they persecute you less. And I'm like, whatever. But if you're getting money to become a biatch and you think that's good, 
I don't want to be paid to become a biatch, bro. Do you, Alan? I do not. No, um, they are utterly against our values as Americans and Christians. And the less money we give them, the better. And that's why I moved my bank account, for example, from a big evil bank to my local credit union. And I'm starting to buy instead of buying everything on Amazon, I'm now buying stuff on from Melaleuca also, for example. So I'm starting to move myself away from supporting evil corporations. Amen. Yeah. If you're enslaved by AdSense on, on YouTube, that's your problem. If that's because they're paying you, you're getting your money, and then you're going to be, oh, I can't say that. I can't say Vax. I can't say Jab. I can't say MRNDA or I can't say anything because I'm getting the money and you got to get the money to uh, to be edited. How do you think that's going to play out for you? Really? If you're called to preach the truth and you can't talk about it because you're getting money, that's like a form of betrayal to the Lord. You think he cares about you getting money to become a biatch on YouTube? And you can't say things? You can't speak about things? They're just going to turn up. The the more money you get, the more enslaved you are to them. It's the same thing with Facebook. I'm banned on there completely. Like four or five people see my posts. Twitter, I'm ghost banned. I showed you that. They've never released me. Now, why do people like being slaves? Well, check it out. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. It's a psychological reaction to becoming a biatch. There's a psychological reaction. You're going to need deliverance from this. It's a demon. You literally become enslaved and smack me more daddy mode. You know, jab me more daddy mode. Edit me more daddy mode. It's like, you like it. You like being the slave. Jim Morrison was right. And Stockholm Syndrome is when you are a captive that you eventually turn around to being Nice, happy, and forgiving to your captors. Did you know that? Did you know that, Wolfenstein? No, I was not aware of that. Nope. Okay, so the victim, stage, uh, stage one, the victim starts having positive feelings towards their abuser. Stage one. So you're being bitch-smacked, and we can say that, I don't care, on YouTube, on Facebook. And eventually, it says, because you are captive to them, especially those getting AdSense money, you're being paid that you're, you're their servant. Why, why are you... Uh, what's happening to your phone, Marty? We're going to have to mute you. What's that? We're getting slapback echo on you wildly. What'd you just do to your oh, phone? How about now? Check. I don't know what happened. 
How's it now? Yeah. You know, Marty's got yeah, one of those flip. Here he goes again with the slapback echo. What did you do, man? I didn't do anything. Okay, so slapback echo just comes out of nowhere and starts hitting us, huh? All right. Anyway, um, men of God shouldn't be taking ads from, you know, preaching the gospel. They shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't even have ads running. It's uh, that merchandising spirit. Right. Stage one, victim having positive feelings towards their abuser, right? That's stage one. So you're being abused. This is a demon. This is a cuck old demon right here. Me and Alan did a show called The Cucking of the Masses. That's what's going on. You are being programmed to like to be captive. And the condition's called Stockholm Syndrome, stage one. We just read it to you. Stage two uh, gets even worse. You start having negative feelings towards family, friends, and other people. Stage three, abuser having positive feelings towards the victim. Stage four, victim supporting the helper of the helping the abuser. You actually become a helper to the abuser. And that's what AdSense is doing. When you're on YouTube, when you're getting your little kick-a-brick money for your pocket, and because you're getting it, you are their servant. You are becoming what they want. You're not saying the old you that used to say what you wanted is gone. The old you that had liberty that might have been on the internet years ago, back in 2002 and so on, when people had freedom, would say what they want, would do what they want, had the liberty to get news out and everything, that that memory is gone. You now are having positive feelings towards your abuser. That's what's going on today. On Facebook, for instance, I'm on there. You know why? Just to get out to four people that can see me. That's it. I go. I was looking back at my old prophetic words and stuff I had on there. I had like 90 likes on there in no time because I was going out to the 4,000 friends I had on there. Now, I trickle out to a couple. I get messages every day. Not every day, I'm exaggerating, but every now and then, people will send me a message saying, how come you don't post anymore on Facebook? I am. You have to go to my page to see it. It's called Throttled Shadow Band. It's the same thing Twitter does to me. I showed it to you on here. When you go to the website, I am shadow banned. So all this abuse they're putting me through, I'm supposed to fall in line. I'm supposed to say, okay, Mr. Trouble Richie, you got to go away. Be like everyone else. Be a good old boy. Get back on the air. Don't say the bad, bad words. Don't tell the truth. Don't speak the truth. Spell things. Do hand symbols. And maybe you'll get away with that. Maybe the algorithm will be nice to you, Richie. No! How about not? I'm not going to do it. I'm on Rumble now. We say what we want over here, and we don't care. Right, Alan? That's right. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we don't do any sign language. We don't self-censor. We can give people the straight truth. They don't have to interpret what we say or learn sign language. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Back to you. I tried to explain this to Marty because he 
keeps talking about one time he was on YouTube, had all these people. Those days are over, bro. What are you talking about, bro? Bro, I'm. I, I you said you're on Leah's show. You got to get, show. Told you you gotta get on Rumble. No, uh, you get me mixed up with someone else. No, you were talking about how on Leah's show one day, and you had four hundred thousand people. Those days are gone. Yeah, but we didn't tone nothing down. Yeah, d- she got shadow banned. Yeah. How many years she ago got was shadow that? Shadow too. How many years? About three years ago. It was longer than that because you told me this story about four um, years ago. All right. Oh, maybe four, maybe four years ago. Okay. But anyway, I, so, I, I told you you right. got to get on Rumble like right. a dozen so, times, so I'm glad you're there. Uh, can we agree, maybe, that in four years the algorithm has tightened up a bit, a bit towards freedom of speech? Can we agree on that? You have no freedom of speech on YouTube. I'm not recommending YouTube. Alan, that. do you think that the algorithm's tightened up since four years a little bit? Probably because total we definitely want that. They definitely want that diaper feeling, uh, not so bright, reelected, or somebody else to carry on his legacy of destroying this country while wearing a suit and looking presidential and sounding, you know, like they're actually trying to help us. Meanwhile, they're bringing in illegal aliens, uh, combat aged illegal aliens as fast as they can. They're trying to, uh, uh, you know, saddle us with regulations. They're trying to, you know, and wreck our schools with all this uh, LGBTQ stuff. So God help us all. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Says God you know, YouTube, you, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter are practicing censorship, total censorship, which is against the law in the U.S. We have a constitution still, but they still do it anyway. Yeah, the algorithm is tightened up, uh, Wolfenstein. Um, evil has upgraded itself. The computers are faster now. They're using quantum computers. That's why when you say something around the Facebook app, the the audio is on and picks up what you said and will spit out an ad on your news feed exactly what you said. Like if you, I had a cat meow in front of my phone once. It knew it and the, the algorithm spit out a cat food ad when I was there, right there. It went meow. And then, boom, out came. It was that quick. That's how powerful the quantum computers are now. Okay? They've upgraded. They're upgraded technology. I mean, I literally get edited and censored as I'm typing. I'm being censored. Yeah, there is no freedom of speech on those mainstream platforms. I mean, they banned the president of the United States. What kind of freedom of speech exists in the United States, uh, a supposed democracy, when the president of the United States gets completely censored and banned by YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter? That's everything zero. they're doing. Everything they're doing to him, they're going to they're going to want to do to us. Okay, I remember years ago, everybody used to say, "Oh, Alex Jones was bad," and uh, there was a meme out. Uh, what they did to him, they'll do to us. And everybody yawned, right? Well, guess what? That was true. Since they banned Alex Jones, they started banning all of us. What they're doing to Trump with all these fake laws and twisting the laws, you don't think they want to do that to us? And you don't think they're going to be eyeballing Trump supporters, these satanic people? They've already admitted it. It's already been released that they are. Now, this is totalitarianism. 
These are satanic libtards. Incidentally, they were having a barbecue party in the back of the White House as Israel was being attacked. People being slayed, murdered, raped, children, and they were cooking burgers. Okay? This is how sick these people are. They're all contributing to this. You don't think Obama is involved in this? You don't know Obama sent billions over to Iran and energized their war machine to energize proxies, to energize ISIS, to energize uh, Hezbollah. All these organizations are being proxied by all the money coming into Iran. All the sanctions on Iran, they're not, they're not executing them. They're getting billions from oil sales. This is all about destroying Israel. It's a prophetic sign. I see a lot of people now that go, you're a Zionist because I'm talking about Israel. No, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, the Lord said that, that there's a sign with the land there. He gave us that land as a sign. And if you don't know that, and don't understand that Israel was reinstated as a nation in 1947. That was prophesied to happen. They were reestablished as a nation. That was a prophetic fulfillment. So, obviously, the land is a prophetic fulfillment. Because that reinstatement was a prophetic fulfillment. Get it? So, if that is then the other prophetic fulfillments are very crucial because Jesus literally said, likewise, he will turn. I mean, the angel said, in likewise manner, he will return. Where? To the Mount Olives, right, Marty? Exactly. So the land's important. There's a covenant with God that, you know, he said he'd bring the people back on the land and then he's going to, all of Israel shall be saved when... You know, they see the Messiah returning. Those who are left through the fire, they're going to cry out and mourn for him as an only son, and they're going to recognize him as their Messiah. So, you know, that's all coming, you know, prophecy that's about to be fulfilled. But it also says that we're entering into now the time of Jacob's trouble. So we know there's coming a period of great trouble for Israel. Wars and rumors of wars, and then eventually the Battle of Armageddon, where Israel's surrounded by the nations of the earth. The armies of the nations of the earth. Yeah, but if you talk so about there's, there's that, this period of trouble. If you talk about that, some believers will call you a Zionist. I mean, I don't get it. It's like, some of, it's like some straw man thing they have they throw at you. It's prophetic fulfillment, people. You know, we're not Zionists. We're just pointing to Scripture that that region yeah, of prophetic. territory is a sign. The Lord said, keep your eyes on the fig tree. In Judges, the fig tree, in the book of Judges, the fig tree was Israel. Get it? What we have to understand is that the Jewish people are under a form of discipline from God. He said, I will scatter them, you to the nations. But then he said, but in the last days, I will regather you back upon the land that I've promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God has done that. He's fulfilled it. 1948. I think it was May what? Was it, what? Alan, you probably know. What was the date? Did some yeah, date in Alan's May? Alan's a Hebrew. He would know. 
I'm looking yeah. up the exact well, What's the anniversary date, right date Alan? It's in May. We, this show's got its own Hebrew. <laughs> uh, Hebrew? Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm bringing it up. Just <laughs> And he's not a fake Hebrew But God either. said he would scatter them, right? The Lord said, I will scatter them, a form of punishment, because they rejected the Messiah. He said, I will scatter you to the nations, and the nation that was a nation will be no more. But then he said, in one day, in one day, I will make it a nation again, and I will regather my people back upon the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, God has fulfilled that. That's what a powerful 1947, sign. right? Yeah. I think it was May 1948. It was May, May, what was it, Alan? May 17th or something, 1948? May, May, May 14th, 1948, um, that's the day It of was Israel's established in 47, bruh. Okay, so, I'm just saying the but, day of But Israel's in 48 was the day it became a nation again. Okay, all right. All right, so that came to fulfillment then. Obviously, that land is important. Jesus said, watch the fig tree, the shoot go forth. That was in 1967 with the Six-Day War, which God's hand was in that. They recaptured Jerusalem. That was very important. That had to happen. That had to happen. That was the shoot going forth, the recapturing of Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. That didn't happen until 1967. Ariel Sharon was involved in that. Very important. Very well, interesting. Interestingly, Rich, in '48, when Israel became a nation, a great worldwide revival broke out, known as the Latter Day Rain Revival, the Great Healing Revival, broke out at the same time that Israel became a nation. Then, in 1967, when they took back Jerusalem, there was this great outpouring known as the Charismatic Renewal that took place worldwide. So there were these two moves of God that coincided with 48 when Israel became a nation and in 67 when they took back Jerusalem. And a lot of people believe in this next coming war. Again, there will be a great outpouring based on what happened in 48 and 67. With with the 12 tribes now, which I believe, because it does say, as we just touched on about the fig tree, which is Israel, keep your eyes on this. I know it's hard for some of you to get. Because you say you're a Zionist for doing it? I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody called me a Zionist. What are you talking about? God said to keep your eye on this territory. Get it? There's prophetic signs we have to watch for. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Zionist. What are you talking about? So... Jerusalem had to be recaptured. That happened in 1967. Okay? That had to happen. Now, Jerusalem be trod down by Gentiles until the time of the Gentile be fulfilled. You see what I'm saying? That's another prophetic sign. There's going to be a shifting from the Gentiles back to the seed of Abraham. You're going to see a revival, but with the Lord's people... The curse of unbelief, there was a partial hardening on them. It's going to be lifted. Get it? The prophetic type and foreshadow in the book of Genesis, when there was a famine, seven year, by the way, Jacob instructed them to go to Egypt. So literally the 12 tribes, the children, 
went to Egypt, and there was an unmasking of the one that they cast into the pit and sold to slavery. Ooh, what does that remind me of? Yeah, it reminds you of Jesus. But when the unmasking came, because he's exalted to a high level now, when the unmasking came as he was exalted from the pit into captivity, risen to a place of authority, during the famine, a time of great upheaval, get it? There was an unmasking to the 12 tribes, literally them, them themselves. And they looked upon whom they cast into the pit. Like they look upon whom they pierced. See? The unmasking, this is a prophetic type and foreshadow. God speaks to us in prophetic type and foreshadows. You got to dig for them in scripture like this I'm giving you. I dug in Scripture and got it. Nobody gave this to me. I didn't even read this in a book. I saw it. I said, gee, this reminds me of the Lord. The unmasking. And when they w- was revealed to the 12 tribes, they weeped. They repented. Get it? So there's going to be a shifting of the outpouring to the 12 tribes. That's coming. That's what Wolfenstein was just talking about. However, due to unbelief, you think God's a respecter of persons? Hmm. Let me think about that. Alan, is God a respecter of persons? God is not a respecter of persons. Uh, God is fair to everyone. He treats everyone the same. If you if you obey God, follow God, worship God, please God, He will, you know, He will uh pour out blessings on you and and you can follow Jesus all the days of your life salvation is open to everyone uh, God is consistent and uh, if he wasn't consistently fair with everyone he wouldn't be God then he wouldn't be holy so he has he has no favorites if you uh, if you do what God wants he'll help you and yeah. he'll bless you amen so the Lord's people when there was no Bibles when there was no uh, there's a slapback echo again. What are you doing? Your phone, at Wolfenstein, please. Um, there was no Bibles back then rolling around. Due to unbelief, a hardening went out on the tribes of Israel. A partial hardening. A, a, a masking. However, that's going to be released in the book of Romans, I believe. it does. Is it a Romans that talks about that, Marty? Yeah, I do believe that's Romans. It's yeah. Romans? Alan, is it? Yeah, it talks about blindness in part has come upon Israel. <clears throat> Isn't that a right. Romans, Alan? Is it Romans, Alan? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Look, we, we really pressure on you know what i believe this time i believe this time of jacob's trouble which is what we're seeing now israel's entered into is a transitioning from god dealing with the gentiles to god transitioning to the 12 tribes to dealing with israel and during this time of jacob's trouble i think we're going to see more and more jews coming to christ more and more eyes being opened until that final time where you're speaking of rich like when they recognize Joseph and they wept, it says they will they will behold him 
whom, whom they pierced as he's coming, as Christ is coming, they recognize him whom they pierced, and they weep and mourn for him as an only son. So I, I, but I believe this, this time of Jacob's trouble is now, it's kind of like when you take a day and you're shifting from daytime to night. They have this time known as twilight, where it's kind of in between day and night. And I think that's where we are spiritually. We're in between the day and the night season where no man can work and where God's shifting from the fullness of the Gentiles to back to the Jewish uh, 12 tribes of Israel and redemption coming to Israel. So I think we're, yeah. we're in that period now. We're in that twilight time, the shifting of, uh, from the Gentile to the Jew, the time of Jacob's trouble. But that trouble's leading to a great awakening, which is what you're describing, Rich, where, they, where their eyes, the veil is pulled off, the blindness is taken away, and they look upon him whom they pierced, and they recognize him as their Messiah. That's where it's all heading. Exactly. Is that the the, yeah, you're a Zionist. You you are a makes Zionist. Bibl- Biblicist. We're 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 Bible preachers. Somehow Biblicists. you have become a Zionist now because anything you talk about Israel, there's like a sect of Christians that call you a Zionist. I don't get it, but whatever you want to say, I don't care. You know, Alan, did you have? Then uh, you got the other. Yeah, you got the other group, right? That 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 want to become Jews and speak Hebrew and say every write things backwards yeah. and, and, and blow horns in the middle of the night. Yeah, the synagogue of Satan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got, you got like you, these two extremes, right? We're, we're biblicists. Let's get it right, folks. We're not Zionists. We're biblicists. We speak, thus saith the scriptures, and we declare the word of God boldly. So we're down the middle of the road, green with God. Hallelujah. Yeah, Alan, did you find that? Was it Romans? Was Marty wrong? No, yeah, it is Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Would you like me to read it? Yes, sir. Here I go. For I, brethren, would not have you be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Amen. Right, and Jesus talks about that literally in Luke 21. Alan, can you find that in Luke 21 when it talks about Jerusalem be trod down by Gentiles? Coming uh, up. I think it's 21.19, maybe. Um, let, me find, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Luke 21. Anyway, Alan's good at finding stuff. But getting back to what Wolfenstein just said... The prophetic type and foreshadow that we found in Scripture with Joseph unmasking, um, looking upon whom they sold into slavery, uh, guess what? Jesus was sold, too, by the betrayal. And you could see the prophetic types and, for lack of a better word, Easter eggs there that the world would use, that a little clue that you would see that there is a relevance there in Scripture. And it happened during a seven-year famine, which, like Wolfenstein just said, Jacob's trouble. But when they saw that Joseph is exalted to a position of great authority, and they were 
relying on him now completely for survival. During turmoil, they wept. They cried. Get it? You see the repentance sign there with what Wolfenstein just said um, that, and what Alan just read, literally. And the fulfillment of Gentiles, I believe, is starting. And I know that's hard to hear because a lot of people think, there's a great mass revival, everybody's getting saved. And I'm like, well, in Timothy, it says that it's going to get worse. What do you mean? There's more apostasy. There's more falsenessness. Perilous times. Let, no sound doctrine. We're seeing that. They're not enduring sound doctrine. You don't see anything mentioned there. However, you know, there will be a great return. It seems to me like there's a shifting going to take place. And I can see it in the world now. When I put the news on and I see the callousness in people where there was some sense of moral, sense of moral, where slaying someone would be kind of a high bar to meet. They just slay you now. Don't even care. There's so much hatred. So much viciousness going on. You'd almost think the Holy Spirit's withdrawing. The Holy Spirit is the convictor of man. Oh, yeah. The restricting power of God against evil. You can almost see it where the pangs of the red horse are going out, where man is wanting to kill one another. Violence escalating, hatred. I mean, you don't see it. Does anybody? Am I the only one that sees this? Wolfenstein, do you see it? Obviously, you know, the, the word says, they ask Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming? He said, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. They come in Jesus' name, they say, Jesus is the Christ. And he said, in doing this, they shall deceive many. So he gave the sign, deception everywhere in the church. People coming in my name, in the name of Christ, deceiving people. Saying that Jesus is the Christ, but still deceiving people. And Jesus said, that'll be the sign. But then he went on to talk about many other signs, secondary signs. And one of these things, you know, the Holy Spirit just showed me something. When you were speaking, Rich, about the fullness of the Gentiles coming in, is that there's this period where the last Gentile will be saved that's going to be saved. That's what the fullness of the Gentiles means, is that that salvation has come in full to the Gentiles, and that, like, door is shutting, and then God opens the door to restore, to bring the, the natural branches that have been broken off, natural Israel, back into the olive tree. This restoration of Israel, of the Jewish people, where it says all of Israel shall be saved. And, and, and God's going to do this in one day when the Lord's coming. They're going to see him, recognize him. But we, we are in a period where as the fullness of the Gentiles is coming in, I'm going to speak prophetically now, as the fullness of the Gentiles is coming in, there is at the same time this closing of the door of the ark, like Noah's ark, where God, God is finishing up 
what he's doing with the Gentiles. And the focus goes off of the Gentiles back onto the natural branches to bring Israel back into the olive tree. That's right. And as this transitioning is taking place, I feel the anointing on me right now, the Holy Ghost. Okay, as this transitioning is taking place, we are seeing the hardening of the hearts of the Gentiles. That's right. Where all of a sudden, it's the days of Noah. It's violence fills the earth. It's the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. The days of Lot, where the perversion fills the earth. And all of a sudden, the Gentiles are becoming like Sodom. Like Sodomites. They're becoming debased. They're becoming perverted. They're becoming twisted. And, and we're seeing this hardening of the hearts of the Gentiles. And God is now, like, like I said earlier, twilight zone, going from day to night. We're going into the night season. The scriptures say, work while it is yet day. What? Harvesting the Gentiles. For the night season comes where no man can work. And what's God talking about? The work of God, the gospel being preached to the Gentile nations, that God says there will come a night season where you can no longer do that work. And why can you no longer do the work but because God has shut the door like in Noah's Ark, and the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and the last Gentile to be saved has been saved, and now we're in the night season where now God shifts the gears and goes back to the natural branches to graft them back into the olive tree. And there it is. This is Scripture. This is right out of the Word of God. It's prophetic. It's happening now. And we're on to something, because I feel the Holy Ghost all over me. Me too. God is in this message. I feel Hallelujah. That's, that's the word there. That's the word of the Lord right there, people. No, I feel Holy Spirit on me right now. Hallelujah. Kodah. That's right. He's preaching it, and that's exactly how it's going to happen. So all this thinking of this great Gentile revival is false. And I know you don't want to hear it. I hate to say it to you. But we're in a season of a time of the fullness coming in. And that's why you're seeing such a hardness on the Gentiles. He just summed it up for you. There's going to be a shifting. During that seven-year famine, the unmasking of Joseph came to the 12 tribes. The prophetic type and foreshadow is during the tribulation cycle. Now, Alan, was it? Can you get? Do you have Luke twenty one twenty? Yeah, um, I got it right in front of me. Can you read it? And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is near. Okay. What's twenty one? Keep going. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these right, so be the days of... Okay. The Lord's obviously speaking about moving position. Now, this when, when you talk about gathering provision and essentials, bug out bags and stuff that you would need to bug out, uh, during times of roughness, I want to do a message here called uh, "Roughing Out Rough Times." 
Uh, Jesus is clearly telling you there to run. You know, you know what off. He particularly says in Matthew to go to mountains. Now, the whole save your life, lose it crowd, you're at conflict with the Lord. I don't know how to you know tell you this, but the Lord is literally telling his people to escape, to not hang around and be slaughtered like you think. I don't know why you think that. You take scripture out of context and you're not balancing in what the Lord is saying here. The Lord is specifically saying, pray that you can escape things coming on the earth. Now, Alan, where is the verse that I thought I imagined here about the fullness? Something about uh, trod down by Gentiles. Oh, um, let me find that also. That's about the outer court. The outer court shall be trodden underfoot for 42 months by the Gentiles. That's the the exact time frame of the 1,265 days or, you know, three and a half years. It's during this part of the tribulation, the outer court is trampled underfoot. All right, so Jesus says... Which represents... it represents the Gentile nations, the believers in the Gentile nations being put to martyrdom is what I take that is, is, is coming. There, there's coming a great uh, threshing of the grapes, you know, this great martyrdom that speaks about that the, that the church, many people are going to be martyred during this time. Jerusalem will be trampled down by Gentiles until the Gentiles are fulfilled. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans, you see? He's talking about this. It should be verse 24, Alan, and Luke 21. Yeah. It is. Um, It says, uh, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Amen. And you can align that with what Paul was talking about, the fullness of the Gentiles. So there's going to be, God's no respecter of person. If a partial hardening went out on the children of Israel for unbelief, there will be a hardening on the Gentiles for unbelief also. Oh, yeah. You think God's a respecter of persons? I don't think so. It's going to go full circle. That's how it's going to work. So that means you're going to see more violence, more people wanting to kill each other, more terror, more insanity because of this. And you're seeing it now. If you can't see it now, I don't. I, I see people that are just in the world see it. They're like, why is everything so violent now, they say to me. I say, because the Lord's going to be come, returning. This is a sign. Why is there so much violence you know, now? Rich, yeah. Rich, one one of the things that is key in all this is that for decades now, the church has been screaming uh, end time harvest, great revival among the Gentile nations. But what we're actually bringing to you today, beloved, is that people of God, listen, the Word of God says the opposite of a great revival. It's talking about a hardening of hearts. It's talking about a night season. It's talking about the fullness of the Gentiles coming in, where no more Gentiles are saved, and we enter a night season where Gentiles are not being saved because the door of the ark has been closed, 
and God is done with the Gentile nations and puts his focus back on the Jew. Now, that's what the scriptures teach, and instead of a great revival, it actually says in the Word of God, there'll be a great falling away from the faith, and many shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Great apostasy, a great turning away from truth, and great deception, which Jesus warned about when they asked him, what will the sign be? Great deception coming upon the body of Christ in the Gentile nations, and as rich as you're saying, a hardening of the hearts of, throughout the Gentile nations where they become like Sodom and Gomorrah, and they become like the days of Noah filled with violence. Now, this is what the Word of God says about the period of time in which we live, and which it calls it, according to you know, the name of my ministry, perilous times. It calls it perilous times shall come. And then it gives a list of conditions of men's hearts. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, now we could say perilous times have come, and men are lovers of their own selves covenant breakers, you know, disrespectful to parents. All of these characteristics of the spirit of Antichrist that God said would come during this time frame have now come upon the Gentile nations, and they are like the days of Noah, and they are like Sodom and Gomorrah, and we are now in the great falling away in apostasy, but yet our church leaders lie to us and say we are entering into a great revival rather than speak the truth, which is unpopular, that we have entered into a great apostasy falling away and hardening of hearts and great time of trouble and distress. However, the shifting... That's what's happening. Because God's not a respecter of persons. If there was a hardening on the 12 tribes for unbelief, what do you think will happen to the Gentiles? Are they special? Do they get a pass for the unbelief? There's going to be a shifting. It's going full circle. We just touched on it, of the unmasking of Joseph to the 12 tribes. The secret's right there, guys. It's going to be during the tribulation. Now, that means this whole mass giant revival where everybody's getting saved and that the Cake Bay Church preaches, it's it's a lie. Okay? It doesn't mean we're not going to do great exploits and keep bringing souls in. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there is a great falling away prophesied to happen, not a great coming in. So I don't know where this great coming in prophecy comes from. Okay? It's a great falling away. And what's happening now, Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, guess what? Hezbollah now is starting trouble on the other side. I mean, this can get ugly. This space of property is a prophetic sign. You must pay attention. Alan, did you ever find that verse, or did I find it? Uh, I did not find it. I do apologize. You literally didn't. Um, All right. No. We need a fail. Uh, Where's the fail buzzer? Uh, thanks. I, I, yeah, I, I might need that. I literally, uh, I thought it was Luke twenty one twenty four. Oh, so yeah, you found it, and I already read it. No, maybe ah. I, no, maybe you're right. Jerusalem will be trampled down by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Luke twenty one twenty four. Romans that you read earlier, right? 
talked about the fullness of Gentiles, all right? And that's in context with the unmasking of whom Jesus is to the 12 tribes. It's all in context of what Marty just said. Okay? I hope you guys okay. are getting it. I hope you're getting it. Now, I'm going to bring up on the screen here, I want to move into something else here, because I do believe that that property over there is important to keep an eye on for prophetic signs, to understand the times. And let's see if we can bring up my screen, because I want to read here in Zechariah. Okay, I'm going to read Zechariah 12. It says, The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup unto all the people round about. This is important, guys. Understand that land is a prophetic sign. We have to keep an eye on it, specifically for Zechariah 12. It says it right here. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. Now, that word trembling there in the Hebrew is um, staggering or reeling of drunkenness through intoxication, literally says, even though some people say they didn't know how to ferment wine in in the Bible times. I don't know. That's another weird lie. Uh, they did know how to ferment wine, okay? So, me and Alan just talked about that the other day. It's just, I, I don't know where these arguments come from. I think they're designed just to drain me. But they fermented wine. Stop it. So, here it says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of intoxication unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, say the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah, and I will smite every horse with the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts their God. In that day, I will make the governors of Judah like uh, on hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheath. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again with her own place, even in Jerusalem. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. 
and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I'll end there in verse 9. Now, the reason why I touched on this is that this property, this area, and this region um, are going to be a great stumbling block to everybody. It's almost like God is luring them in for their own destruction. Okay? I know you don't believe God does that, some people out there. You're like, wow, God would never do it. God does it. And he is going to make it a cup of trembling, in Hebrew, a cup of staggering through drunkness. I don't know if you understand when you're drunk and you're staggering, you're not particularly a good fighter. You ever see a drunk try to fight? They get this beer muscle mindset and they start swinging around and and someone just go, boop, and they pop them and they go down. That's what he's going to do. Like that. Because you're staggering. You were so blinded in your zeal to destroy that the Lord, you didn't even know you were being lured in. You're being lured to destruction. It says God's going to defend that position. Okay? We're not Zionists. We're just reading what we see. So there is going to be upheaval, the ravishing of of women and, and terror going on, like it does say in Scripture. However, the Lord is going to put his foot down, and there's going to be a great staggering poured out against everyone that came in to move in this position. Understand why we're touching on this. Because this is a marker to you to understand where you are in time. It's important for you to know where you're in time. It's important to understand why you're looking at things happening around you. Like Wolfenstein just explained, uh, there's almost a hardening beginning to take place. And that's why people seem... They're becoming waxen cold because sin is abounding. Now, we're touching on this to touch on this. Um, By the way, that Hebrew strong 7478 for trembling, which means reeling from intoxication. That's what he's going to make people drink of. You will drink of that when you move to destroy that position of Jerusalem. You're going to drink. The Lord says he's going to, you're going to drink it. You're going to be staggering around. You're going to be put in a, in a place of an easy kill. Okay? You're not going to make it. That's what he's saying. You're not going to make it. You might think you are, but the Lord says you're not, and I believe him. Now, I want to touch on what's going on here because many of you don't know. I remember we did the show in 2005. Literally, Watching Radio was on the air that night, broadcasting live on WWCR. And this is when George Bush got involved with the disengagement of Gaza. You see, Gaza was taken in the Six-Day War 
that property was the Lord's assignment to originally take that property. And what happened is George Bush got involved and somehow convinced Errol Sharon to give up that land, Gaza. And that would have happened in um, September 12th of 2005. You could check my archives. We're broadcasting that Saturday, uh, that following Saturday, and or that night. I can't remember. But what I'm getting at is God was not happy about that relinquishing of that property. Okay? Because shortly after that happened, it's called the dismantlement of Gaza. Hasn't it backfired now? Because that area now was used for this attack. It's not working out. You can't appease Ishmael, the wild jackass spirit. You're not going to appease it by giving it property. It's going to be a wild jackass kicking against you. George Bush negotiated that with Errol Sharon. They released that land. God was not happy. And guess what? Shortly after that, August 29th, Hurricane Katrina rolled in. Judgment was immediately released. How immediately? What, a week later or so? And also desecrated George Bush's presidency even more. He was shamed by the whole thing, by the way. Remember he did that flyover thing? He was, it was all downhill for him. Curses began to fly. Then, shortly after that, beginning of the year of 2006, Ariel Sharon had the stroke laid out, right? So understand that the Lord was not happy about the relinquishing of that land. Now you're witnessing that land being taken back. You are watching. Israel is going to go on a land assault, and they know it. That's why they're trying to have a peace treaty now. By We'll give back the prisoners. But it doesn't appear that's going to happen. Uh, they're going to go in and take that property back and correct this problem by handing that land over. You got Hurricane Katrina rolled in. George Bush completely ridiculed from it. Ariel Schroen had the stroke. And literally a week after that, you had known as the rabbi's rabbi, Rabbi Yishark Kodria. Has anybody heard that name? Alan, have you ever heard about him? I have never heard that name. Amen. Uh, have you ever heard of Rabbi Yiscock Kodria? Wolfenstein? No, I have not. He was known as Rabbi's Rabbi. And I thought that was Menachem Schneerson back, who died back in 1993. And a whole bunch of Jews think he's the Messiah, and they're, they're expecting him to come back. Last I checked, you know, 10 years ago or something. So usually Jews don't think that the Messiah is going to arrive and die and come back again. And that was a uniting point among all Judaism and rejecting Jesus Christ. But those Talmud reading, 
you know, Hasidic Jews thought that this guy, Menachem Schneerson, was going to come back. So, uh, and so far he hasn't. I don't think he will. Amen. Okay, thanks for the little sermonette on the side. You're welcome. Uh, but no one's ever heard of Rabbi Yitzchok Kordria, huh? Nobody? No. We, okay. This, this, this Jew has escaped my radar. Okay. okay. Well, it's on the screen now, all right? On Rumble, you can see it. And I'm trying to give you the cycle of events here, all right? That strip of land, Gaza, George Bush negotiated and convinced Ariel Sharon to give that to the Palestinians. That land was taken when supernaturally Israel was stretched forth and took Jerusalem back and all the territory. They took back territory, all different positions. God's hand was in that war in 1967. There's no doubt about it. To this day, historians have said it's unbelievable they were able to do that. You know why? Because God's hand was in that. That was a shoot going forth. The fig tree. Keep your eye on that property. This is what I'm getting at, folks. It was prophesied that that land would be reinstated, 1947-1948. It was prophesied the shoot would go forth and take Jerusalem back. Guess what? 1967. The tree was replanted, 1947-1948. Shoot went forth and grew. And in 1967, the Six-Day War, Jerusalem was taken back. Most of it. Enough of it for the prophecy to be fulfilled. That's where we're at, people. Understand that that property is very important to keep your eye on. This is all we're doing here. Because Jesus said, the fig tree. The fig tree, I think it's in Judges. can't remember the chapter. But it's the fig tree's talking about Israel. All right? You get context of what Scripture is from Scripture. Now, Understand the events that Hurricane Katrina came in two weeks later or so, devastated our property, and doing so shamed George Bush. He was completely downhill after that, by the way. I don't know if everybody remembers the whole flyby where he's looking out the window. It was all over. He really went down in popularity. I remember that. Yeah, it was bad for him. I'm looking at an article. On September 7th, two days later, 35-foot waves came into the Bush compound in uh, Kennebunkport, Maine, flooded it. Even two more stuff, yeah. More ominous so, things So that, that storm hit, that actually hit their residence with 35-foot waves. Yeah. Damaged it severely. I was just looking it up. In fact, a rabbi in Israel said it was punishment from God, and he declared that, because of the, the giving back the land. I was just oh, yeah. reading an article from uh, Haaretz. It might have been Rabbi Ritz-Kodria, was it? No, uh, no, All a right. different rabbi. But but this rabbi said everyone would be punished, and it was soon after that, you know, what happened with Sean. Well, he was accurate, was right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And uh, about 35-foot waves coming into your house, um, not too pleasant. God was not happy about them relinquishing that land. Okay. Uh, is anybody now, getting it? I see a date on it, September yeah. 7th. Se- se- September 7th on the article. So it must have hit, the storm hit two days later, apparently. Yeah. It, it was Hurricane Katrina, Bush going down, 
what, a month later, Ariel Sharon physically went down. Um, so a lot of curses were flying because God has his eye on that area. You have to understand that. I know you call us Zionists for believing this. I don't understand that, but I am not. Richard. Alan, are you a Zionist? Um, here's the thing, Richard. I grew up Jewish, as we, and then I got born again um, when I was 26 years old. And Zionism always, to me, meant all go, basically meant all Jews go back to Israel and be happy. And that's what I thought it meant. But it, it also apparently means that uh, Jews would also rule the world from Israel once that happens. So that is something I've learned in like the last six months or something. And, and uh, that's the part that's unpleasant to people. when, And that's why they think Zionism is a bad word. So... Um, yeah, I don't want, you know, Israel. I'm not a Zionist, bro. I don't know what people are talking I, about. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a Zionist either. I, just, I don't want them running the world. I want I don't want us to I don't want them to run the world. I don't want them <laughs> running the world either. Their food is terrible. <laughs> oh, I, they, they got I, the worst food said, like, in the world, man. Goodness, gefilte fish? I mean, who eats that trash? And like uh Matzo balls, I mean, they're all right, but I mean, I'd rather have a... Well, I actually, re- I renounce what I just said because I remember I used to Why? go to Ben's Deli all the time. Okay, and I really not, like the pastrami. Good, they do have some good bagels, right? They got they got the bagels now. Yeah, I renounced what I said. So we we, we okay, got to give a thumbs up to the bagels and chicken soup. They do it. They do a mean chicken soup. Oh man, come on, look, bro! You're really look, stretching look. it now. Jewish no, penicillin, really chicken soup, chicken soup, matzo and uh, matzo balls and uh, bagels. No, I rather it, the Italians rule the world. All right, because I got the calzone, I got the pizzas, I got the spaghetti, linguine. I'm fine. Chicken parm. Lasagna, dude. Yeah, I'd rather they rule. But this whole Zionist thing, I'm not a Zionist. So just because I'm pointing out to these prophetic signs does not make me a Zionist. This This is the word of God. This is the scriptures. What saith the scriptures? Now, this rabbi, yeah. This rabbi I'm talking about, he died uh, January 28th, 2006. Again, right right, literally after, what, Ariel Sharon's stroke, right? A week later or so, right? And he was known as the rabbi's rabbi. Just blanked that whole side rabbit hole Alan took us down. With the other guy. But this guy was known as... I have it on the screen now, I hope. But you should see the picture of him. And he was held as one of the most prestigious rabbis ever. And what happened with him is he had a vision. The Lord came to him in a vision... And just before he died, he wrote down the vision. Did you, did you guys ever hear about this? Maybe you remember no, now? Yeah, I've heard about that. Okay. They opened a letter recently. Yeah, read it. It was a year later after he died, they opened the letter, right? And in the letter, it says, the name of the Messiah is Yeshua, Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Now, the Jews went nuts when they saw this. Um, and in the letter, 
it said the Lord would return not long after the death of Ariel Sharon. Okay? Not long. Okay, so I just want you to understand the season we're in. Because Ariel Sharon died in uh, January 4, 2006. This guy died January 28, 2006. And he revealed this. The Jews went nuts. They started to do handwriting analysis because this was like the most prestigious rabbi ever. And they, he had a vision. The Lord came to him in a vision and said, I am the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he wrote this down in the vision. They did the handwriting analysis, and it turned out it was him. And it threw them all off. They didn't know what to do because this was the most prestigious rabbi ever. And I think he even has still has a website, I think. Um, well, Rich, there's something I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to, to speak, uh, to share. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so as we're looking at these scriptures, what then is taking place, what we're seeing now, is that the salvation of the Gentile now, we're in this, it, it's like winding down, it's slowing down as the door of grace is about to close to the ark. At the same time, the reconciliation of the natural branches and of the Jewish people is accelerating. More and more Jews, the blinders are being removed, and more and more of them are coming to salvation. So this is accelerating. At the same time, salvation in the Gentile nations is declining. It's winding down. And we're in this transition period. Now, people may not like this, but so then, therefore, since God's focus is shifting, I believe also within the church, we have to be in step with what God's doing, and we should be shifting our focus to more and more reaching out messianic to the natural branches, to the Jewish people, and we're going to see a total shift soon. Like, well, like what you're saying, Rich, when we hit the tribulation, the fullness of the Gentiles is going to come in, and then God's going to be totally focused on bringing back the Jewish people back into the olive branch, you know, restoration of Israel. So we need to be in step with what God's doing. Because I tell you, you know, with the Gentile nations, you're not seeing the same effectiveness of preaching the gospel. But at the same time, I'm, I'm following some ministries in Israel where they're witnessing to Jews, and, they're, and it's just accelerating momentously where millions of, of Jewish people worldwide are questioning and contacting these people that are putting out videos about, is, is Jesus the Jewish Messiah? And there's all this interest among Jews, because what's happening? God's shifting. He's changing from the Gentiles back to the nation of Israel. We've got to be in step with that, and that's what I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying. We've got to be in tune with what God's doing. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, this this rabbi had the vision of Jesus Christ as Savior, which means he got right with God before he died, because Jesus appeared to him in the vision. Uh, he also talking about uh, in this, I have a picture of the uh, the actual photos of the letter that they found. 
um, I have it on the screen now, specifically where he was talking about Errol Sharon's death, that the return of the Lord would be shortly after that. What are we, 10 years in on that, right? Um, Errol Sharon died in January 4th. No, I'm sorry. He died in 2014, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are we no, almost? No, we're almost 10 years in? Okay. Um, we're almost 10 years in. So this guy's vision obviously had some truth in it. You're dealing with the most prestigious rabbi in Israel, have, saying Jesus came to him and said he is the Savior, writing down these notes, talking about the Son of Man's return shortly after Yerushalayim would pass away. So that means we're in that generation, guys. Um, I would encourage everybody to check out this link that I have on the screen now um, on this revelation that this man had before he died. Interesting to note that that land was given by George Bush and Ariel Sharon to the Palestinians um, then those curses began to flow. This guy also passed away at the same time, but had this note. So this property is so important that the Jews are going back to take that land. They are going back to take that property. Rich, and, did they get that property when, at the same time that in the 67 war with, with, with uh, Jerusalem? That's right. Okay, right. so what we have to look back at is, again, in 48, when they became a nation again, great world revival. 67, you know, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I do think we're going to see maybe one final outpouring of the Holy Spirit as they take back the promised borders that God gave to, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I think we could see an outpouring of the Spirit I don't think it's going to be a revival like 48 or 67, but I do think there will be a move of God that corresponds with what Israel is about to do. I hope so. I hope so. Um, Alan's been like a little church mouse here today. Alan, uh, you have anything that wrapped us into context today? You have any anything to share? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Grant Jeffrey discovered the uh, calculation whereby you can take the words of... Uh, Moses, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah, and um, from 606 B.C., and, and calculate uh, the number of years to the birth year of Israel being in 1948. And then he could also take uh, the fall of Jerusalem in 587 B.C., and, and that same amount of time, if you go forward, it comes out to 1967. Uh, Grant Jeffrey discovered this back in the, the 80s or something, and he wrote a book on it. Um, it's called, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the book. But yeah, this, it's, you can actually point to those prophecies and basically say, look, this God, the God of Israel who wrote this Bible, he can say what happens thousands of years before it happens with accuracy and specificity. Other so-called gods can't do this. And God even says in Isaiah, if, if someone else is God, let him declare the end from the beginning. And uh, he basically challenges all the false gods to do this. And they can't because all the other gods are demons and, you know, men. So um, this, this shows you that you can trust 
the God, this God that wrote this Bible with your eternal destiny, because only he can accurately and specifically see through time. Amen. Yeah, that's right, Alan. It's good. Um, Important to note, guys, the cup of trembling is a, a cup of reeling intoxication. Uh, God is going to make them sip of it for their own destruction. Uh, that's why this area is important to understand. That's why we're not Zionists, but we are watching the fig tree. We are watching what's going on in this region. God has given us a great little sign there to keep our eyes on it. Also understand Obama is involved with getting all this money over to Iran to have all these proxies go in and do all the damage. They, Biden is involved in it. They're all satanic beings. Understand that. They were partying, literally flipping burgers and kicking his dog while people were being killed and slayed, coming in on, like Wolfenstein said, it was like Red Dawn. They were coming in on kites with machine guns. Guys, we are in the home stretch. If you don't know somebody right with the Lord, you got to minister the, the getting real, ready, and right. Because like Jesus said, the, the ark door will close. Slap shut. The fullness of the Gentiles is coming in. I don't particularly know when, but I'm watching a hardening going on right now. I'm watching... People become more angry, more murderous, less shame, less conviction. I mean, I hope I'm not the only one that sees this. I mean, am I? Well, the, the hearts the hearts of many shall wax cold because iniquity abounds. And that's, that's what we're seeing, Sodom and Gomorrah, days of Noah. But I think let's watch for this. This is what I'm sensing is that when Israel takes that land back, watch for an outpouring, a watering. This is what I feel like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. A watering upon the Jewish people, preparing them for the great harvest that's going to take place in Israel among the Jewish people and throughout the, the nations and in Israel. Watch for a move of God upon the Jewish people worldwide and upon the Jewish people that live in Israel. That's what I'm sensing God is about to do. Praise God. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to wrap this up. I think we covered some good things today. That's what these broadcasts are all about, guys. I get educated from these two gentlemen. I hope they learn a little bit from me. And that's what it's all about, because we don't know it all. Anybody you know that thinks they know it all, they're a problem. Because I don't know it all. And in fact, I have not been getting... Uh, end time prophetic dreams the way I used to. It's almost like I got to fight for them these days. I got to do a lot more fasting. So that's what I plan on doing. I got to seek God way, way more. I need to get revelation from the Lord and know so he can direct me. I want to direct you from whatever I hear from God, just like these gentlemen, whatever they get from God. We all learn from each other. But anyone that's going to sit there and think they've summed up all these numbers in weeks like some other wackos out there uh, and saying you're going to be in the bowls of wrath, 
you know, you got to worry about that. We all prophesy, we all hear in part. When you got one guru that has it all figured out, you better get away from him. We preach, we proclaim, we cast out devils, heal the sick, and we pray and fast, seeking God that we can escape things coming on the earth. That's right. God can give you a revelation to move from a position to escape something. I know it sounds crazy. But he did it with the wise man, you know. The wise man would have going to go back a certain way. He gave them a dream. They said, screw that idea, and they went another way. You get it? God's all about directing you to escape things. Some of you don't believe that. You want God to just kill everyone, kill you and everyone. It's like this weird thing of how you see God. It's like, we all die. We don't do nothing. It's like, no. You take provision, right? You have to not be in an infidelic mindset. You have to be a provider spiritually, physically, financially, and emotionally for your family. You're less than an infidel if you don't. You should have the idea of provision. You should have the bug out bag mindset. You should have the idea of fishing or a fishing pole or something like that. If the S hits the fan, you want to be ready, real, and right and be able to sustain and keep preaching the gospel because when you're able to sustain, you're able to sustain God's word. And he can use your mouthpiece. But if you're being wiped out, because you didn't take preliminary measure and you knew the storm was coming, how you're going to be more trying to figure out how to make it. Messages like this should provoke you to want to pray fast, seek God's voice, that you can escape things coming on the earth. And I assure you, there are not good things coming on the earth. Especially when you had 7 million illegals and militants, Hezbollah militants that are here. You don't think they're backpacking with C4 and whatever they're going to need to take out the power grid in certain areas? What are you going to do when the power grid goes out? What do you think all these EV cars are going to What do you think is going to happen with gas pumps? You think they're going to be working so good? You think that the food chain is going to be normal? The supply chain is going to be normal. What will you do? Learn how to sustain in perilous times. We're going to be doing the broadcast roughing out rough times. Why? Not only do I want to be prepared, you know, I got to learn how to fish now, right? But I want to learn how to sustain if things get rough so I can continue preaching the gospel. Yeah, why not? There's nothing wrong with it. I have a vacuum seal. I pick up rice. I seal it. I do stuff like that because you just don't know. And I'll tell you, I had a dream years ago with a blackout coming. I bought all these candles. Everybody thought I was nuts. My mother was like, why are you buying all these candles? I said I had a dream of a massive blackout coming. Well, guess what? It did come. There was a massive blackout shortly after that. And I had all these provisions to sustain. And I blessed people. 
people didn't have candles, I came to them with backpack of candles. Ten-hour candles, they're called. They went a can. And I gave them to people. I said, here, I'll bless you with a candle. And they're like, thank you. We were were unprepared. I wasn't because I had the dream. I was able to prepare for it. I can give you the candles. I had tons of candles. I had a duffel, army duffel bags. Oil, lanterns, everything. Why? Why did I have that stuff? Because I had three dreams of blackouts coming. God prepared me for it. And I was able to be a blessing to others. Don't you want to be that person to help people? So, with that being said, Brother Allen, do you have a summary before we kick off? I have something of a summary, and here it is. F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth and Christ the Healers said, A man never rises above his confession, so make sure that uh, since Mark eleven twenty three says you can have what you say, and Proverbs eighteen twenty one says uh, life and death are in the power of words, that you always have good words and to say about yourself, your circumstances, your health, what God, God's love for you. And uh, because, you know, the Bible says all kinds of good things about the Christian, what's been prepared for the Christian, 2 Peter 1, 3, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we should be saying and thinking good things about ourselves and our outlook. So, for example, those Christians who say, I'll, I'll be here for the tribulation and I'll experience the bowls of wrath to use Richard's high voice, uh, they're making a large mistake because, uh, uh, what high voice? You know, Jesus. Yeah. Like this is my version of that. So anyway, uh, we want to be able to be counted to escape those days as Jesus advised us to pray to escape those days. So, and also YouTube is still a haven evermore of, uh, censorship where people have to tiptoe around the truth and use code words and hand signs and trying to fool the ever increasingly smart algorithm. And we just love being on rumble. Praise the Lord for rumble. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, yeah. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So it's sort of a selling out to, uh, you know, to month for the sake of money, hiding the truth from people who can't follow your sign language and your, your coded language tricks. So uh, come to Rumble, be free, like us. Uh, The rebirth of Israel as a nation in 1948 meant the time of the Gentiles was beginning to come to an end. Uh, And that's when a revival uh, of faith would uh, start, started to happen among the Jews. And there's more Jews now than ever in Israel who believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And also the hardening of Gentiles has begun. There's, you know, in like the 1940s, the biggest problems they had in school were uh, kids skipping school, putting a girl's, uh, you know, sticking gum under the desk, uh, you know, sticking girls' pigtails and in inkwells, stuff like that. But in the eighties, in the nineteen eighties, it turned into you know some real violence, and and now it's just out of control. You can see all kinds of fights uploaded to school fights in American schools, on uploaded to TikTok and Twitter, and it's really bad. So um, and a blindness in part happened for thousands of years to Israel where they just, you know, they just, I know I was born a Jew and, and I die a Jew. Lots of Jews have gone to hell for that one. And, uh, and that blindness is being lifted since uh, Israel became a nation in 1948. And uh, also don't fall for the psyop of uh, 
of uh, if you save your life, if you save your life on earth, you're, you'll lose it. No, that's just a psyop. Jesus, Paul, and David weren't too good to run from people that wanted them dead. So neither should you be. Have a bug out bag, store food, and uh, if you have to run, um, don't be ashamed to run. Run and. Uh, and also, uh, George W. Bush did take part in uh, dividing Gaza from the land of Israel in 2005. And his reward was Hurricane Katrina uh, hitting Louisiana. I think it was the total figure of damage was like $250 billion. And that's when he did his, uh, you know, that uh, famous line of, good job, Brownie, um, when he had his uh, secretary of the interior made a disaster of, of handling disaster recovery for Katrina and his whole presidency started going down from there. So um, that's the summary I have, Richard. It's not everything, but it's some of it. Amen. Very nice. Thank you, Alan. That was somebody's listening. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Stockholm Syndrome. Check that out. People start to yield to their abusers. And that's what these websites are doing to you people. Get away from it. Get on Rumble. If you're still listening on the pod of, pod feed here, uh, guess what? We lost all our pod field listeners because they unsubscribed me on Apple. Uh, yeah. So I'm getting bumped everywhere. I had that uh, pod page since 2005. I was on there a long time. I had a lot of subscribers. They unsubscribed me. They're evil. Okay. Rumble is a safe haven for now. Um, I say what I want on here. I still have the pod feed. If you're listening on the pod feed, you're very few of you left over there on the pod pod uh, download. There's very few of you on there because they unsubscribe thousands of my followers. I'm being punished. Why am I being punished? You know, uh, I say stuff. I say stuff they don't like. And I'm not going to stop saying it. I don't care. All right, I'm going to keep doing it. I got people come to me. You should be saying a little bit delicately, legally. I said, I don't care, bruh. I'm on Rumble now, and I don't get in trouble over here. Why don't you come to a place where you don't get in trouble? I don't. You get Stockholm syndrome. We like being abused. We like being bitch smacked. I mean, come on. Get out of there, man. Open up the account on Rumble and stay over there. There's people there speaking the stuff that you can say. Say, Do it. Say it. Why do you want to be a slave, man? It's crazy watching these people do these code words. I can't. It's just It's sad. I can't watch these code words all the time. You know, the big one, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's everything you know, and then they do a sign or they use like a letter. I mean, are you that scared of the algorithm? I mean, are you getting that much money that you become that much of a bitch? I mean, it's sad. And then the people keep going back. And you're paying these people to be slaves, and they're slaves, and you become slaves. It's a vicious cycle of totalitarianism. At least on Rumble, we don't get in trouble. Right, Alan? That's right. Uh, we got total freedom here. Don Donald Trump Jr. is here on Rumble. And all the 
best, hardest-hitting ministries and news channels that are really worth listening to got kicked off of YouTube and Facebook ages ago, and they went to Telegram, and they went to Rumble, and they went to BitChute, and and, uh, and other places like... So all the best ministries are on Rumble and, you know, True Social and, you know, places like that. So that's where you should be. They're on the cutting edge. I'm so glad we're there, too. Amen. Yeah, Alan's right. He made a good point the other day. He said that if you're still on YouTube, that you're probably a cake baker. Because how could you ever make it? How do you make it past the algorithms? How come we couldn't? So there's got to be something going on over there with you. I would be leery about anyone that's making it with the algorithm. I would say, wow, that's kind of weird. They got rid of Rich. They got rid of all these other people. You know what? I want to hear the people that got axed. I'm curious why they were axed, <laughs> right? That's some serious street cred to get axed from YouTube. I mean, that means you're you're pissing off all the right people. Amen. Hey, we pissed him off. I don't care. Anyway, Wolfenstein, I forgot you were there. Do you have a, a parting word for today's broadcast called The Cup of Trembling? Well, Brother Rich, it was, um, tonight was a tremendous blessing. Uh, the presence of the Lord was in our midst, and we got the opportunity to learn from each other. I learned so much tonight, and I was so blessed. It was, it was just a tremendous message. And uh, there's a scripture to come to my mind. This is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So I want to encourage everyone out there, yes. you know, this next week, be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Be praying for the Jewish people. Be praying for Israel. And uh, if we saw this great revival in 48, and we saw this move of the Holy Spirit, the charismatic renewal in 67, 48, when Israel became a nation, 67, when uh, Jerusalem was taken back. You know, what are we going to see happen as Israel goes back in and takes the Gaza Strip? Uh, be praying for that. Be expecting God to do something. I believe we're going to see the beginning of a move of God's Spirit upon the Jewish people worldwide. I believe we're going to see God do something amazing uh, in the weeks and months ahead. So, everyone, uh, I pray that you'd be praying for the peace of Jerusalem and that you would be interceding for the Jewish people and for the nation of Israel, and that we would be in expectancy. You know, it says in the Word that uh, work wad is yet day, for the night season comes when no man can work. We know that night season is quickly coming upon the earth, so I encourage everyone, do what you can for Christ now. Increase your time with the Lord. That's my message, is spend more time with God, more time in fellowship. Like, we had great fellowship here tonight. I learned a lot. I was blessed tremendously. Me too. So I hope it was a blessing for everyone listening. And thanks, Rich, for having us up on with you. And uh, great message, great word. Likewise, my friends. Thank you for joining us. We're watching radio saying farewell and good night. God bless you all.